0: Hi, everybody. I'm Sunny, and this is We Gotta Talk, a live weekly digital talk show and podcast where we like to dig deep. The motto around here is real talk and big topics. Now, let's dig in. Hi. Hi, Sunny. It's Sunny, right? Sunny,
1: yes. Sunny, nice to meet you. Nice
0: to meet you. Oh, my God, Sarah, I'm horrified. I was looking at myself, and I just went back to put like some mascara on. I am like, no, you look
1: great. You look great. Oh
0: my God. Horrible. I'm like, I'm going to be using any social clips. I'm just going to X my giant puffy face out of this. Like full body sweats last night. I don't know what happened. Oh, I know the feeling. Yeah. And, you are, I shouldn't be complaining. You're like in the throes of IVF, which has its own (laughs) body sweat challenges. Well, I just did like
1: an hour and 40 minute tutorial on the injections, which sound like a night, not a nightmare, but just like lots of steps to pay attention to. And I was not expecting it to be so detailed. And, um, anyway, there's like a lot of homework, so it's all good. Did you do
0: IVF for your first baby? No, no, no. I've never done it. I thought. First time.
1: And it's really just, I have a fair amount of eggs. It's just finding like a healthy egg. So hopefully this will do the trick. I know. I know.
0: Wait, can I, are are you open with your age or no? Oh, yeah, I'm 40. I'm actually going to be 42 tomorrow. <gasps> you, are, you are a fellow, I don't know, what are we, Xenia? I'm, I'm 42. I turned 42 in September. So, yeah, we're like yeah. this plus, kind of like, kind of Gen X, kind of millennial.
1: Yes, 100%. 100%. Oh, that's yes. so fun.
0: Well, good luck with the IVF stuff. I you. Oh, my I'm God. Related, it's just,
1: it's a <sighs> lot. It's, a, it's been a real journey Um, because just even finding a good IVF doctor is so, yeah. it's so hard. It's such a... um. Unfortunate. I don't know. Unfortunately, I just have mixed feelings about <laughs> business in our country. Living in a capitalist society, which is overall good, but it's just hard to find. They're all about the money. You know, they just mm-hmm. want the money, and it's hard to find one that's ethical that yeah. will actually tell you if IVF will work because they'll mm-hmm. all give you IVF. But I mean, right. if your if your hormone levels aren't already at a decent stage, um, you know, it's it's hard for it to be successful. So. Anyway, I ended up, long story short, after all the back and forth, found like a really good doctor and I really loved her assessment and her, she ran all these blood tests. I just appreciated the thoroughness before actually going, oh yeah, you should do IVF.
0: Yeah. You know, so, yeah. say anyway, yeah, we'll I know. I have such a conflicted relationship. I feel like you're part of the generation too, where we were really sold the line, "Oh, you can do anything and be it all, do it all and be it all." I'm yeah. like, but wait, no one told me that. Like, I can't do it all at once. And like, yeah, yes, working in media, like, it's not a great schedule for family no. life. No, probably not. Ugh, terrible. Terrible. Yeah. It's so. it's
1: no. I've loved, and I'm completely an open book. But I, the best thing I ever did was start my own podcasting business like eight years I just I can't imagine I feel for are you still in it
0: are you still in no. it or no I know I've been I out of for seven and a half years yeah I just I can't. It. yeah I have to like yeah I you know I have schedules to run and I just yeah. I mean I if I can be totally candid it was horrible for my marriage it was horrible yeah. for my friendships it was becoming horrible for my kids too yeah. I think I was like okay one two like I don't have any friends. And then I was like, oh my God, my kids are going to hate me. Like that, I had to just kind of throw the brakes on and be like, okay, we need to reassess. We need to kind of. And thankfully, we're in a time where digital media like really so makes it much. possible. Yeah, for anybody with you know the ability to talk and an opinion oh,
1: i love it i i we're in the it's the greatest era for those of us in um yeah. i think everything media you know because yeah. you can just create so much on your own and quite frankly i think more people trust that now than they do mm-hmm. The regular media, even though you know, I, and did you work with Jim Lokay? By the way, mm-hmm. I yes, did. Yeah. I love. I mean, they're so. I worked with Fox Five until this past fall, so for 13 years as a contributor. So, I mean, I know everybody there are actually they do great journalistic oh, yeah. work. They're like so, you know. But I think, unfortunately, I think people now trust more of an independent voice than they do mm. even the media. So, yeah, you know, it's a good time. I feel like to be.
0: Doing what we're doing, there's a lot In our of space. Yeah, yeah absolutely. 100%. Okay, so I caught up on your Super Bowl recap, dying over the um, the hot takes on everything from like Travis to the commercials. But I want to ask you because I want to make this relevant to everybody who was, of course, watching um, this Sunday for you, a sort of recent Taylor Swift convert, were you, were you watching for the game? Were you watching for the Taylor moment? Like, what were you? And I share that with you, by the way, I'm a fairly recent, like I'm a fan now, but it kind of took me a while to be like, I don't know, not super fan is the word, but you know, like fully bought in
1: um well I, right I'm with you I was never a Taylor Swift super fan until recently mm-hmm. and um I think just I, I in 2023 I only became a fan because I'm I'm sure as you as a journalist I'm just curious about phenomenons you know I think she was such a phenomenon in 2023 to see people at these concerts and how much they got into it and the trading of the friendship bracelets so I love being a part of that moment yeah. I ended up going when she was here in La to sci-fi it was she was amazing. She's just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. She's, I always think she's a person. There's this great um, Abraham Hicks is like this, you know, spiritual leader or whatever you see online. And they always say that Taylor's success is because she's just totally living her pure self. Like that is 100% what she's meant to do. And I believe it. Like after you see her, it's really a weird energy thing. I don't know if you felt that way, but she really has Absol- it. And yeah.
0: It's so weird you say that because it took me having that, like, obviously we were hundreds and hundreds of feet apart, but having that, like, see someone in the flesh moment to vibe off of that energy and to feel exactly what you said. There was no artifice, there was no barrier between the person and the performer yeah. and, and the audience. I was really taken aback. And as someone too, I'm sure you have a background in in performance or some sort of experience with it in this field. Um, there is something to seeing someone in master their craft in, in person, right? Behind a screen, you yes. kind of lose that as social media is a perfect example of like, you know, someone can really just ick you out. that you you see on Instagram, but when you see someone embodied in person, it's, it totally changed the game for me. Totally. Uh, uh, Yeah. 100%. You, you,
1: when you go to her show, at least this past tour, the eras, Mm -hmm. you know, it just, I felt like the energy there, I mean, it really was, you really were this part of a spiritual moment. It was, it was pretty Mm -hmm. cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What, um, what do you attribute her lack of success with men to, to this point? I don't want to say it, that sounds so anti-feminist and I can feel everybody like dragging their knives out, but okay. Just stay with me for a second. Yeah. Success as defined by these horrible standards where we have to like lock down and get married and have kids, whatever. But like for a long time, you know, the tortured romantic was kind of like the vibe she leaned into anyway. But what do you think made her not find that guy until now? Because I think all of us feel that energy between her and Travis now that feels real. But like, what do you think was the barrier? I'm curious your theory on this.
1: Um, my husband and I talk about this and we always ask one another, do you think Taylor Swift is like normal? Do you think she goes to a grocery store or a Target? And I'm like, no, she's not normal. She does not. I mean, I'm sure she says normal in her own mm. world as she can be. But I think, I mean, look, you at this point, I think you have to say she's pro- arguably the most famous person on the planet, I think mm-hmm. at this point, Right. So, and she transcends all ages and backgrounds. And so I think it's very hard to find somebody, you know, you got to ask like, what man wants to be with that energy? You know? Oh what my God. Yes. She's a, I mean,
0: yes. Men she's can't like, handle it. I've said this. They truly can't handle it. And I mean that in the kindest way, but. I mean, she, maybe Travis Kelsey
1: is it. I mean, that guy seems like he has yeah. some bravado and. Um, you know, so maybe he's the person that is OK with that. But you got to have somebody that's very secure in who he is and, I mean, can adapt to her lifestyle. So maybe that's Travis Kelsey because your football career is rather short. And so then maybe he can dedicate a lot of time to, like, whatever life they want to build together. But she's such a megastar. It's a whole nother
0: level. Do you hear anything in the circles in LA about interactions with her? All these stories that sort of filter down seem to be nothing but positive. But I'm just curious from your perspective and in your world, like if you hear anything. I hear the same thing, right? I mean, with this era's tour, didn't she give
1: away something like $60 million in bonuses to, to her, her truck drivers? Everybody, yeah. To everybody I, involved, yeah. I hear really good things. I think mm-hmm. I think she's super well-managed, very, 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 very well-managed.
0: Yeah, strong energy, though, for sure. And I, I hate that that has to be a thing. You know, we're always told raise daughters to, and, and I stand by this, but who are strong and independent and who can rely on themselves. But there is something so true about the fact that there are not a lot of men who can match that and or, or who are even comfortable being next to that. And I, I hate that. I, I, have two, I have a boy and two girls and I hate, I would never want to say to them, "Dull, dull your shine, but I will tell them if you are out there and if you are sharing yourself and your gift with the world, there are, it cuts down the pool and that's on guys. That's not on us, but generally speaking, I feel like it cuts down the pool. And I think her experience with um, Joe Allen and the sort of line we've been fed, of course, we'll never know what the real story is, but you know, like a guy who just kind of um, felt smaller as a result of her bigness. I think that's the more common thing. I kind of hate that. Yeah. And I mean, I think too, you
1: know, For a lot of these men, do you want to sign up for that level of intensity, right? I Mm -hmm. mean, scrutiny, like just the paparazzi following you everywhere, stalkers. I mean, that guy, that crazy guy that's been arrested a couple of times in front of her place in New York. I mean, you're just always, that's always there. I mean, that's a lot for anyone, I would think, to want to be a part of that life.
0: Right. Uh, okay. What do we think of fashions at the at the Super Bowl last night? So let's start with her, and then we have to talk about Blake Lively's outfit, which I feel bored. I, I don't know. I really like her. I think she's lovely and gorgeous. It was a little like cultural appropriation ish to me. I was like Blake. Well, like really? I didn't even pay attention. Okay. No. Like the. I don't. I was like. What? you're not like a gay, like, like it was like the Adidas tracksuit, bright red, all the bangles, all the, the super tightly curled hair. I'm like, I'm just trying to make it not feel costumey. It felt costumey, but cute. I mean, I would wear it, but it it felt a little, oh, okay. I actually, I enjoyed the fashion. Um, you know, Taylor kind of wore the all black. I loved
1: the jeans, the bedazzled, like kind of cut at the top. I mean, I'm sure these are probably Alice and Olivia, like you know two thousand dollar jeans um but they looked. i thought she looked great i thought Brittany mahomes looked great i mean ice spice <laughs> ice I'm spice sorry. is her own um fashion and you know I, I and i thought blake lively i loved the red i i actually enjoyed the fashion but mm. I don't know. Tell me, you, you feel it. I
0: feel like you have like, a breakdown. It didn't no. bother me. It, it was, it's a little hot takey of me. And I know there are people who are going to roll their eyes, but I just, you know, when she dressed like someone who is not her, it didn't feel like, I don't know. I'm like, okay. I mean, this is like, we're used to seeing her in, you know, like very sleek sort of designer dresses. And when it's denim, it's like, very understated. It was just, it went a little, it went a little costumey. It went a little, let me put it this way. Like, look at me. I'm a sports girl now. All of a sudden, like with your tracksuit. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's fine. It's just, it felt a little, I don't know.
1: I, they looked great in that box up there. I mean, they, they were so celebrating. They mm-hmm. were chugging beers. They were partying. I mean, so I mean, Vegas gives you that vibe anyway, right? Like yeah. that's what I love about the city of Vegas. So they looked like they were embodying it. Everybody looked like they were having a ball, and um, yeah, I thought it was. I, I, I loved how much. I actually enjoy the Taylor effect of of, of the NFL. I do. I don't. Really I do good. too.
0: I do too. I don't know why there's. I'm mm-hmm. I'm sure you've peeked into the. Um, sort of conservative corners of social media that have just said horrible things. It kills me.
1: I I haven't, I've just heard a little bit about the conspiracy, but I have not read much about that, about her, the conspiracy, right? To get her to the yeah. White
0: House. Well, no, no, all of the, oh. well, that too. Yeah, okay, personally. okay, That's maybe you of, know, I but don't like, know. All these people talking about how like, you know, she doesn't, and, and they're, they lean conservative, like all these people like she doesn't belong there or I don't know, she's 34 years old and what is that teaching our girls about being a young it's just very strange. It 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 I don't even want to repeat it because it's horrible, but it's all about um her not being some kind of good role model, which is silly oh and stupid. I, yeah. I just I
1: think she's one of the best. Oh my yeah. God. she's one of the best. And yeah, she's just... a class act. I mean I don't think Travis Kelsey's a class act after last Tell night. Tell me more but I, I know I, you I... had so
0: many thoughts on your show today. Tell me. <laughs>
1: Well, I just don't think he's a classic. I mean, I thought the way he behaved towards Andy Reid was terrible. Apparently, you know, since then I have been told that he's apologized to Andy Reid. Andy Reid came. I mean, Andy Reid's going to come out and defend him anyway. They're going to, if they have any issue, it will be behind closed doors. It's not going to play out the day after they won the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. I I just thought it was, I thought that was a moment for me where he acted like a thug. And if that had been a black NFL player, we would be having a totally different conversation about it and I, I yeah I just think it's a double standard and no news outlet liberal or conservative is really saying much so that's I think terrible
0: yeah total double standard and also yeah. again he's paired with the single sort of most market driving factor in the NFL in the second half of the year which is Taylor So I mean like it's hard to yeah, yeah. I agree though I t- that's a good point I never thought of I think you're right if it had yeah. been a black player we would be having a totally, sadly, different conversation, people with I, me.
1: I do. Yeah, I think. And and um, I think especially, you know, yeah, it was just such a violent outburst towards Andy Reid. And, I mean, they yeah. all make that like, oh, it's just this passion for the game. But I thought that was way over the line.
0: Yeah, he had to be pulled away by his teammate, which is also yeah. strange. I mean, that didn't seem like a put-me-in coach, even though that's essentially what, I guess, lip readers said, or a part of what he said. It just yes. felt a little, a little more yes. than that. Yeah totally um, agree. Uh Donna Kelsey lives in my neighborhood by the way and in in Orlando. We just saw her walking down the street the no, other wait, day. No, wait, is that
1: the mom or yes. is that Okay, okay. Well, she seems She's so sweet. She so seems lovely. like America's mama. So you
0: know. Yeah, you know what? I would love to sit her down and talk with her about that outburst aside, like raising kids and raising brothers who are Yeah. good, you know, good and loyal to each other and who are in a high stakes environment who are still like fam. You know, I she seems like she did well until last night. And then I felt kind of bad. I was like, Oh my God, this is not a good look. No. Yeah. A good
1: look. I, right. I'd like to know her actual opinion on that moment. I, oh yeah. As a mom, right. I mean, yeah. as, and as a mom that seems quite, you know, quiet and laid back and, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, that's a great, that would be a good interview.
0: What, where did Usher stack up for you as far as other recent halftime performances? Uh,
1: I'm a huge Usher Raymond fan. Um, well, I, I love Usher. I, My honest take is this, I thought it started out so bad. I don't know why, maybe you know this, you can school me here why it started out with slow, like that slow song. Now I'm thinking that they did that as like the buildup because they wanted like, oh my God and ludicrous and mm-hmm. you know, will I am like everyone to come out at the end. But I just wanted him to come out with like sex. Appe- you know, he's doing this for the 40 year old, the 38 year old millennial mom at home, right? Us, right. And I wanted the shirt off earlier and I just wanted <laughs> him to come out popping. You know what I mean? We're Vegas. Like nobody wants to hear a slow song. I know, now, that's funny. I feel like the only slow dip he could have done which he did which I thought was great was with Alicia Keys. Her opening note was rough and then Oh my god, <laughs>
0: noticed the same thing. I was like, "Oh
1: god, I'm so sorry." <laughs> and then it got better and smooth and it sounded great. Um it, and then the second half I loved him. You know, on the roller skates, like to me that was Vegas that was performing the shirt right. off. It was it was fantastic and he ended really strong. It's funny, I actually thought Usher seemed nervous. I, you know, which, look, I mean, I could never, if they were like, oh, you're doing the Super Bowl halftime show, <laughs> I'd be crapping my pants. But he actually seemed just a little off, I thought.
0: The roller skates were a moment for me, separate from it. I was yeah. like, oh, I don't know. I agree. It wasn't, um, it's so weird because I remember myself saying every halftime show, oh my God, this is the greatest. And mainly the nostalgia factor is what mm. will make me mm-hmm. love something the most. And so... I do, I, I was on the edge of my seat, but only I think because I was thinking about being like a 23 year old, like dancing on a bar somewhere. And I was I brought back into that moment, but you're right. It wasn't musically. It wasn't, it was like a, but I love the roller skate moment. I loved, I loved how he got a little like snugly with Alicia Key. I, I thought it was. Uh, I did too. I did too. I mean, you know, Usher is like so yeah. yeah,
1: I mean, he's so, he's, he's so great. Uh, but no, I mean, I, didn't stack up as like is one of the worst I am right. sort of I think an an early aughts girl you know when it comes to music I am nostalgia as well like the instincts yeah. you know you want the uh, Britney Spears probably will never be doing it but you know you want that I loved uh, it, he didn't rank in my top five of all time
0: you who, know I just, who did or who would going back the past five ten years Katy Perry Lady Lady Gaga's was so
1: amazing. Um, Bruno Mars. This is, we're, uh, we're, yes. we're going into the vault a little bit. Cause that was like eight or nine years ago. Um, Beyonce was great. And then um, who else? I'm missing one. Oh, I actually loved JLo and Shakira when they, I just thought the dichotomy of somebody 51 on a freaking stripper pole. And then like a 30 year old was
0: amazing. I loved it. So those
1: are my top five.
0: Oh, Bruno Mars! He is the, another one. Seeing him, we we saw him in concert. Oh, god! I don't know, years ago. It must have been uh, seven years ago too. Like another one that for me tops Justin Timberlake. Any, give me Bruno over really any other male performer. He he has that it factor, that old school charm, charisma. He's in his element in a way that I think a lot of other artists, male artists, just or not. I don't know if that's like the yeah. nostalgia factor working too, but I'm with you on that. no, topic.
1: I love, I love his music. You know what I mean? He just has so many catchy ones. And yes. And I I would, I'd love to see. And maybe this would be Justin Timberlake's year since he's going on tour, but he'd be a mm-hmm. great one. Oh my God. I'd love to see him. And I'd love to see Justin Bieber. I know a lot of people wanted Bieber to come out. Oh, my God. I would love Justin Bieber to come I
0: know. He, he showed up in Vegas. I thought for sure that he would be on stage, but I guess he didn't uh, feel up to it. No. Yeah, nothing.
1: I'd, I'd heard that, too. I heard he was going to make a surprise appearance, but then they were saying we got He was never rehearsing, so obviously
0: yeah, for whatever reason it didn't happen. He's one that if we could just get woo-woo for a second, I sense a lot of like wounding on him. Like he I, we saw him in concert too, had no energy, had no connection, had no desire. It was almost like really? a. yeah. And I think some bad things have I mean, I know you're a fan of blind items and gossip. I've heard you on the Dumois podcast. Um, I think bad things have happened to that poor kid. And I think he just seems like he's struggling in a way. Yeah.
1: Well, he certainly had a tumultuous relationship with his parents for sure. I mean, they both, I, I, I've met actually his mom and Justin Timberlake, uh, Justin Bieber when he was 15 at the radio station in DC. Wow. I mean, and all the people around him were like, this guy's going to be a huge star, a huge star. We were like, okay, yeah, right. And so he comes in and he sings baby acoustic. And, I mean, it was good, but it wasn't, right. you weren't thinking this guy's going to be a megastar. And then he went on to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's, he's talked openly. He and his mom went through a period of time of not speaking. He didn't speak to his dad for a while till then he became famous. You know, there's a lot there, I think, to your point
0: that yeah.
1: we obviously don't know everything yeah. about.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I feel for him in a way. I'm like, Oh God, I don't know something that once I like, I feel like he needs like, good mother energy. Like someone needs to like take mm. care of that kid. How was that experience with Duma, by the way, which is oh my, God, my she's favorite podcast. So
1: much fun. Is she? I love do. Yeah. Well, and of course, you know,
0: when you do her podcast,
1: you don't see her. So right. I was going to ask that. So what do you see? Do's identity is still a mystery to me. A black, oh, just a black screen. So we would pop up like you and me and it's just, her name is Do, and it is all black. And all you hear is her voice. But I do, I, I have a, i think do is like our age i think she's in her 40s right um there's a little level of do i've done her show twice and i feel like there's a level two of like i i love it she like gives zero fucks and she just gives me a little bit of an older
0: millennial vibe i agree i agree i'm like dying to um every, every time she and her and I'm, I'm blanking on her producer's name right now um anyway every time they like sort of chat before the show i'm like trying to pull little nuggets and figure out and i you know. get the Total distinct impression too that she's um of our age and like I love a uh, little more seasoned, so to speak. Yes. Um okay, Sarah, I have to ask you about this. I was watching your Instagram and I, I can't recall when, but within the last six months, you've been very vocal about your thoughts on Ozempic, this trend that has just obviously taken over the nation. Not only celebrities, but normal people too on these semaglutides that are helping them lose weight. You have had some really hot takes on this. I've done episodes with experts on like how they work, but I would love if you could share with everyone your hot take that I know that you've shared on your Instagram as well.
1: Oh, well, I I dislike it. I think people are going to... (laughs) I don't think it's going to work long-term for most people. Um, Yeah, I do. I have a hot take on that. Um, I just think that it's there's so many problems with this with this drug in the sense that they've never tested it long term for people with weight loss and we're already seeing people go they're being sued currently norvik mm-hmm. nodisic the company that puts it out is being sued for stomach paralysis thyroid issues i think you're going to have a lot of people it, it is crazy to me that people are being subs- prescribed a drug that you have to stay on the rest of your life. And the moment you go off it, you are going to gain all the weight back. And that's not me saying that. Go and look at all the research that they do and they tell you. And unless you are a diabetic, I do not understand. And of course, extreme cases, because they are saying what's, I guess, maybe the miracle in Ozempic is it turns off that food noise or Mm -hmm. that alcoholic noise or that just that thing that in your brain that can't shut off that most of us have to some degree, but we can moderate it. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure for a very small percentage of the population, it works. But no, I think it's very dangerous. And I think we know it's dangerous because it's such a moneymaker. And why in God's name would they even be talking about in this country, prescribing that to children before mm. we get to the root of the crap that is made in our food? I mean, yeah. in, our, in our country, we allow chemicals in our food that most people don't allow in Europe. Most yeah. European countries don't, you know, and I'm talking like dyes and um, hydrogenated oils, things like that, that that mess with your cells in your body that keep us fat, keep us addicted to food. We never address any of that. Mm-hmm. And we just want to give people medication that, by the way, is hugely for profit. And mm-hmm. I would love to talk to the experts that have come on your show, because my guess is many of them are paid we- by these companies. <laughs>
0: At least one was, I feel so- There you out. go. Yes, yes, I actually, um, yes. Um, and and you know, I put those episodes out and this is why I was so drawn to your take because I have not heard many people come out with outright criticism of Ozempic for the reasons you mentioned, which is it's hard to argue against something that has sort of opened emotional doors for people and allowed them to feel about themselves a way they haven't in decades. And I, I empathize with that. Listen, I know many people- who are a handful of people who are on it. And and um, I really strongly identify with the sort of psychological urge between or, or behind, listen, I used to be this and X, Y, Z happened and I've just never been able to get back. But uh, there's a part of me that does worry too about um, the, long, the long-term the long effects. And no one really talks about it that much. Jillian Michaels just came out and got in sort of like a back and forth with um, Dr. Dubrow uh, I'm sure you. I don't know if you saw that it was on Terry, in the
1: I look, I love Terry, but I mean, you know, and Terry'd be another great one to sit down with. The thing is, is Terry knows how the pharmaceutical companies work. Right. I mean, these companies are paying these weight loss doctors, and now Oprah. I mean, Oprah's benefiting, and I, I adore Oprah. It kills me, but she, Weight Watchers now has a huge stake in Ozempic, and in order to distribute it now to when you go to a Weight Watcher's office, you know. Right. They, and like people get mad at me when I say this. OK, go ask Weight Watchers to release mm. their findings prior to using Ozempic. How many customers of theirs lost the weight and kept it off for five years? Because if you do diet research, 95% of everyone who goes on a diet, Weight Watchers is a diet because you are restricting calories, you're, at least, you're counting calories, you're supposed to be eating a certain amount every day. Ask them how many people after five years kept the weight off. They will never publish those findings because they are so low. God. You would never sign up for a company with a 90% like failure rate, which is exactly what Weight Watchers has and Keto has and South Beach diet and Atkins diet.
0: They right. all have
1: it. They will never release to you. And you know, it's the same with Norvik Nodisic. Let's see in five years how many people. Went off, lost the weight, lost 50 pounds, went off Norvik, went off, you know, of Zembeck, stayed off it and kept the weight off. They will. Yeah, it's, it does. It's never going to exist. And we all know it doesn't matter if you're taking an aspirin. Things have side effects for different people. And to say that they don't is just you're lying. You're lying to yourself right. and you're lying to other people. And I adore Terry. But Terry, no, Terry, I'm sure has been paid by pharmaceutical companies to use certain drugs in. And, and if he hasn't, I will gladly apologize, but I, I just don't believe it. And I think good for Jillian. And I think anyone that speaks up is going to get absolutely crushed because there's a huge amount of money behind this and a huge incentive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to your point, I mean, I've been there. I, I went to my first Weight Watchers meeting when I was 12. I was a super fat kid. I was overweight my entire life until I just finally couldn't do another diet again. I just realized like, I, I think I'm going to have to quit the entertainment business because in our business, I'd be on TV and people would right. write to me and they'd say, Oh my God, wow. you'd be so beautiful if you just lost 20 pounds, you know, you'd be so, you'd be this, you'd be that. And I just, I emotionally like couldn't do it. So I just, one day in DC Googled giving up dieting naturally And this woman, Robin Mize came up and she's Mm -hmm. a long time mindful eating therapist. She's I don't get paid by her. We have no endorsement. People should call her. And um, she really taught me that most of the time, most it's not everybody. There are people that have extreme alcohol, drugs, weight, food. Um, But most of the time when we are overweight, you are emotionally eating. It's it is our coping mechanism coupled with the crap that's in food, you know, lots of addictive additives, including sugar. And every time you eat when you're not hungry, you're trying to mask something else that's going on in your life.
0: So how did her work look with, with you? And what was the end result? Like how many months, years until you felt like you had it on lock? It took me two years to actually
1: mask, to give up binge eating, to stop binge eating, to stop buying every diet book and going Mm. back to Weight Watchers and all that. Um, It took me about two years to master it. And one of the most impactful things she started having me do was keep a food mood journal, which was just starting to track not calories, but just starting to track what I ate and how it made me how it made me feel 30 minutes later, an hour later, um, two days later, you know, because food should energize us, make us feel clear headed. It shouldn't make us sluggish tired, taking naps, jittery, those are all your body giving you signals that this food isn't working for you. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're in real regulation with your body, you know, you, you know how food makes you feel and it impacts you. And if you're eating healthy, those foods energize you, make you feel lighter, make you feel fuller, keep you Mm -hmm. full longer. It's not the opposite. So that was one of the biggest things we stopped all calorie counting, all tracking of things. um, And I just, I just started eating normal again slowly mm. and saying, how does it feel when you eat a small pizza and six cupcakes alone? Well, the next day I felt like shit like that. I felt me, like
0: crap. Oh gosh, Sarah, I'm, that's makes me like feel free. Like, you know, I, I, I feel for you hearing that, but I'm glad that you were able to find well, a way to connect to what, what was causing it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so
1: many people have it. Food is yeah. food is just another way of coping with, you know, life can be very difficult. And so I think that's my other thing is Ozempic doesn't address the root of yeah. why we overeat. I mean- Well, yeah. And,
0: and, and that sort of explains why you would have a strong reaction to it as someone who's lived through some things that just factually don't work, or at least didn't for you. It can probably feel frustrating to see this sort of touted as a shortcut when in fact- you know, there's concerns about some long-term issues. Well, I always say people should do what they want, like
1: do it. You know, if you, if you want to do it, cause like you said, you know, I've been there like nothing, you know, it does feel great to be thin. It feels great to fit into your jeans and look right. good and not, you know, so people should try it. I just think that the, it's hard to see people being set up on a drug that is so expensive and they're going to have to stay on the rest of their lives instead of addressing yeah. some of the root causes of um, why
0: our food is making us fat and sick. What would your advice be? Obviously to track down someone like the woman that, and and I'll put her name in show notes too. Yeah, Robin Mize. Robin Mize. What is that? Like a mindful eating coach? Like what do you call what she does?
1: Yeah, she's a mindful eating therapist. And there's a great book that's kind of renowned in the mindful eating space. And it's called Women, Food, and God. And I always Mm. recommend it by Janine Roth. And I have no... Sponsorship from her either, but um, she is kind of the godmother of it, of getting to the root of emotional eating. And of course, I mean, for a lot of people, if you're 350 pounds overweight, there's probably more going on than you're just emotionally eating. But the right. friends that I have that are doing Ozempic are like 30 pounds, 40 pounds overweight. And, you know, many are unhappy in some aspect of their lives. So instead right. of addressing that, they'd rather just do Ozempic and try to get thin. So and again, I mean, do it. People should do what they want, one hundred percent. But I don't think that people like Jillian Michaels should be crucified for speaking up and going. This isn't going to be as great as everybody thinks.
0: Yeah, yeah, I yeah. It was it was really interesting to see the backlash. And I, I'm, you know, I want to say for the record because I know people listen who are who are on this. And this is not a judgment call from me, but I do think it's important to understand um, thoroughly what it is that we're, we're doing and putting into our bodies. And there's no shame in, in sort of acknowledging that at least even if it doesn't exist for some people, that there are some side effects for others. It's fair to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, yeah, it's, it's a difficult choice and it, it's hard.
1: I've been there and to, to, to do a mindfulness therapy journey. It, it takes a lot. It's a, it's a lot to look inward. It's a lot to begin to read about food and what food does to your body. But yeah, Women, Food, and God is a great book um, for people by Ginny and Roth. And she writes a whole series of books and does lectures. She's she's an incredible person too to follow.
0: Awesome. Um, Sarah, tell me a little bit about, I know your podcast is on daily. A lot of people are probably familiar with it already. You have a ton of reality TV content on your feed, but um, tell us a little bit about the Sarah Frazier show what we're going to hear, see when we tune in to you on, on the feed or on social media and like, what drives you because you're busy girl, you're doing a lot. I love it. Um, well, Yes, so I have a. Sh- I put out
1: a podcast every single day on the Sarah Fraser Show, and um, I do. I talk a lot about reality TV. I'm obsessed with sister wives and TLC <laughs> shows. <laughs> you know, just ninety day fiance. I love it. Um, and and some housewives. So I I've always been in the entertainment space. I started out as a morning radio DJ on Hot 99.5 in Washington D.C. for years, and I always did the celebrity updates. I really mm-hmm. do love celebrities. So it started that way. I've continued it on the show. And then I try to do just amazing conversations with people like you just to have open discussions about Ozempic or, you know, tomorrow I have a woman coming on that started a sperm bank um, because she really had an issue with some of the ethical things that were happening in the sperm donation world. Wait, Um, pause.
0: What are the ethical issues? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it just feels like a very difficult industry to abuse, knowing men, Sarah. Uh, yeah, right? Well, her biggest thing is um, that
1: what happens that a lot of us don't know is Mostly young men, college guys are donating their sperm because they can get a lot of money for it. Of course, if you're hot or if you're a Harvard grad, you can get even more. So um, but what happens is if you're going to a mainstream large sperm bank, they're saying, "Okay, well, we'll only let this guy donate like six times. Well, okay, that's true. But then they're never getting rid of any sperm. And so that then there's this whole resale market to European countries and Asian countries of this sperm if people want it. It's always for sale. And so what's being discovered is a lot of these donors have hundreds and hundreds of kids, which is a huge problem, you know, worldwide because, yeah. you, you know, you oh, think like maybe that you thought they were having 40 kids when in fact they have 240 children out there. So she, they really do a, they're really known for the Seed Scout is the company and they're really known for now tracking their donors um, and kind of. You pay more, but you really know the history of this person and how often they are donating. Um, so you know, know that you're not working with a donor that probably your
0: child could have 250 other siblings. Imagine those Christmases. The, biggest, the big family table. I mean, this is so weird because um, thinking about that conceptually, because I think we're very familiar with all the ways that women, like all the shit that we have to deal with. Right. And like getting from everything, like trying to get pregnant through the baby And like men generally have it easy, but that is one thing that I'm like, you know what would suck to be a guy and not know that you have like (laughs) a thousand children where like, it just, it makes sense when you explain it, never would have thought of it. And I had never
1: heard of this guy, but, um, tomorrow on the show, she was telling me about a guy named donor Dylan, which, which people magazine just did a story about. He is now, he's like 27 years old. He has 130 children. He went to one of these major sperm banks, you know, got paid. Gave a couple sperm donations, thought that they were like he, you know, he might have fathered twenty kids or something, and then realized they were doing all this resale. So now he's on a mission to go around the country and I believe in other countries to meet the children that he has fathered. Yes, I thought you were
0: going to say impregnate everyone who's interested <laughs> the old fashioned way. No I'm more. Wrong. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. I, you know what? I, 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 listen, I, I'm far from a, a, a traditionalist in that sense. I think technology has brought us wonderful things in medicine. But there's something creepy about like the ability, the abilities that we have right now and, and, and misused in ways that you just said, like your DNA being used beyond your knowledge, not just in the US or for the period of time that you specified, but like sold internationally. I, it, that's kind of that's crazy to me. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. And I mean, you know, it's not every sperm bag, but it certainly is a practice um, that is that is happening, you know, and she and Danielle Winston, who's the founder of this seed scout company talks more about it tomorrow. And obviously, I'm on a journey. um, You know, you and I were talking about at the beginning, I'm getting ready to go through IVF. And I've just the past year, I've gone through four IVF doctors in a search to find just somebody that I really thought was ethical and transparent. And it's it's a very difficult industry because it's really not that regulated. You know, mm. I mean, obviously the drugs we're using are, you know, approved for use, but the way in which they practice or what they have to disclose and a lot of that is not regulated. So it's um I just now if I can bring awareness on my show too, right. or you know. Lots of times we do silly content, but if I can entertain and inspire people and sometimes make them just think differently for a minute, I think you know that's why I keep going.
0: Yeah, you've been so great. And and I followed your show for years. I think because I can't even remember the first time that I heard it. It's been a while. I've subscribed for a while, but I think knowing that you had a background in radio and like traditional media, I was kind of drawn to that. We have some friends in common. Um, but you do do a great job of blending like the fun entertainment. I love that you're living your truth in L.A., but with the real stuff, too, and and feeling like um, there's kind of a peek behind the curtain element in all of it.
1: I try to make it a show that's like a conversation you'd have with your girlfriend. And if mm-hmm. you know, you know, when you go out with your girlfriends on a Friday night, sometimes it's serious, sometimes it's funny, sometimes right. it's talking about sex, sometimes it's arguing about whatever, you know, that's what I want it to really be, a real conversation. And and one of the restrictions that we all had in traditional radio, right, or television was you do one type of show, you know, and yeah. you do that. And and I think that's fine and yeah. it served a great purpose. And some people are excellent at that, but I just never wanted to do it. I wanted to one day you tune in and it's like, oh my God, she's got some porn star on that's now a pastor. And then the next day we're talking to like, I love it, you know, whoever. So I love it. Uh, yes.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, and how, how are you feeling? I want to just, before we wrap up, like a lot of people I'm sure listening are either starting an IVF journey, know someone who has, or can you just kind of speak to like the mental self-care aspect of that too? Cause I know mm-hmm. that that can be challenging, especially with the miscarriages, you can open about that. So Kind of speak to that group right now who's maybe looking for just a little strength, little glimmer of hope.
1: Well, definitely take good care of yourself. And I, you know, I've been blessed from the moment I met Robin, the mindful eating therapist. I mean, it's been over 10 years now, but I never realized my family was not a therapy family. I never, you know, I mean, I had things happen in my childhood that I should have gone to therapy for, like my dad passing away from stomach cancer when I was 14. And nobody ever, we never did therapy. We never, no one believed in it. You were a nut if you did that. And the greatest Mm. thing I ever did was to start a therapy practice, a therapy Mm. practice, a yoga practice, whatever it is where you can connect to yourself and, you know, talk through things with people, I think is so important because grief is wild. I've had three miscarriages. One, I have a little boy who's almost three, who's healthy. Um, And it's it's so hard. So find a great therapist. um, And I just work on my mental health every day. I meditate. I write in my journal. I can't say it's like joyful every time I do it, but, but I do it because I do feel better. I get outside. I walk in the sunshine. Mm-hmm. Um, I make a gratitude list. I mean, those they seem silly, but they really do help set your mindset up for it's everything is working out for me. It's going mm-hmm. to work out. You know, I just have to relax do the best research I can take care of myself. Um, but good therapists make a huge difference.
0: Yeah. I second that for sure. I think you're, I always say people are weird if they don't go to therapy. Like I I really distrust a person who's critical of therapy. I'm like, what are you possibly hiding in your, what skeletons are we hiding in the closet that you think I'm weird? Like, Ooh, this makes me nervous. Because I think you find out, right? I don't know how you feel, Sunny, but I think I've found
1: out, you know, no matter, even if you had a great childhood, I mean, things Mm -hmm. just happen in life, you know, I mean, or your parents change, you know, it's something is going to happen and you have to talk to somebody that's a good expert in the human condition to go, am I, you know, is this normal? What am I, Mm -hmm. what's, what should I do? You know, how do I create a boundary with this person or thing? So it's, Mm -hmm. yeah, I agree.
0: Everyone should go. Someone totally uninvested in the situation personally who can yes. kind of look at it. Yeah. Listen, I've been on it. I don't even know over 15 years. I mean, that talked about everything from, you know, when I was ready to quit work, like I would talk about it. I talked about it for years before I did it. And it, rather than beat my husband over the head with the same question every day and just circle the drain, I was like, you know what? I'm going to pay someone to do this. And yes. it's been it, everything from that to personal things, just big fans. So I love hearing people advocate for that. Oh, it's life game
1: changer, I think.
0: Yeah. Okay, Sarah, tell us where we can find you both on social media and your podcast and connect yeah. with you. Daily shows,
1: Sarah Fraser Show, everywhere you get your podcast. So if you like the Spotify app, if you like the Apple podcast app, if you like iHeartRadio, wherever you, you listen, you can listen there. Um, I also distribute it on YouTube, which a lot of people prefer to watch. So you can now watch. Um, and I'm on TikTok. I'm on Instagram at the Sarah Fraser Show, giving you the hot take you probably didn't even want to hear, but there it is. You know,
0: I I love your hot takes. I do. (laughs) It's like, a variety bag. It it, one day it's reality TV, the next day it's a and the next day it's motherhood. I'm here for it, Sarah. (laughs) Listen, we just got to give the big middle finger to old media that told us you got to stay in one lane. You don't have to. I love, I so. I told you at the start, it's so
1: liberating. It's now is the time. I mean, honestly, when I, and I'm sure you felt the same way. I started in radio in 2005. I thought my whole life, I would be getting up at 3.30 in the morning. I would have no life, no friends. i never mm-hmm. meet a man. I mean, I really, did. they were the gatekeepers. And to see, and I can tell you, I started my podcast eight years ago. I had other people in radio call me and say, this is a bad look. You know, you, you, you need a radio job. This is not a good... People are never this is never gonna be mainstream. And I just love seeing I, people like Joe Rogan and you know, call her daddy. I love seeing these people succeed in such a huge way because just eight years ago, the radio world, the television world never thought mm-hmm. and to see these huge TV, you know, former TV hosts, you know, now have their own shows and platform. It's um it's amazing. Like that just never, you know this. 15 years ago, it didn't matter how big you were as a news star or whatever. You, Nobody would have listened to your YouTube show, mm-hmm. and now,
0: like, they're the change makers. It's so it's really really cool. Yeah, it is cool. It's it's just a whole new like you said. It's it being gatekept or like in TV being told what your hair had to look like or what yes. you had to wear or the comments I would get just for showing up and existing and daring to look a certain way. Like it was it's exhausting. So yes, I I love it. I know, isn't it amazing? And just I love seeing people become TikTok stars
1: that of all ages. And that's the gift that ho- moving to Hollywood at 40 gave me is I always believed that your career was over. And now mm-hmm. I go out and I'm like, "Oh my god, 50-year-olds are doing hugely popular comedy shows and podcasts and acting and you know, in the management roles. It's it, we're in the greatest time ever, the golden era of creating your own talk show, radio yeah. show. This is it. I mean, it's 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 amazing for people.
0: Yeah. I, gosh, I love that. Even in LA that there's a life for someone beyond 40, because oh. again, it's just like beat into you that there's not, and you expire at a certain time or whatever.
1: Uh, actually. And I feel like people are getting older and more successful. I mean, you see like jelly roll at 39, you know, getting these music awards. It's like that even again, like 20 years ago, it was all about, are you 18? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you're just seeing this happen time and time again. So I love older people just shining. And I think it's, I think it's great because it's hard to be famous when you're 21, you know, I mean, you just don't know anything. And so it's like, it's awesome to see, I think life and the internet rewarding people of all ages.
0: Oh yeah. I love it. And I feel like I have, everyone's like so shy and strange about sharing their ages, especially women. And I'm like, first of all, no one cares. And second of all, you have so no, much more to say they when don't. you're older, you know, like uh, it's I'm, just, it's I
1: like- used to hate it. I used to lie about my age on the radio. And now I'm like, I'm 42. I don't care. And I love, did you see the clip by the way, with Sharon Stone on the podcast where she was like, I'm in my sixties and I get hit on. I have just as much sex. I have just as many men hit on me. The problem is (laughs) she just says that if men don't hit on her, it's more because they can't, can you, can I curse on your show? Yes. Yes. She just basically says the beauty of getting older for women is men can't fuck with you. Like they do a 30 year old or a 28 year old. And she said, so it weeds out a lot of men because they want to be able, right? Oh, sure. Fuck with you. Um, And that's why you see a lot of older men date younger women because it's easier, you know. They can't so, handle it, just like right. Taylor
0: Swift. They can't handle a strong, beautiful woman, Sarah. Yeah. it all comes yeah. full circle, you know? right?
1: Like, like Sharon Stone's, like I have demands, you know. She's like, you know, a guy, like I'm not going to get a sugar daddy. I, you know, I'm not going to put up with all the things he wants, you know. So I'm like, I love it. I love to see women just shining, and and men. It's great mm-hmm. to see men living their their truest dream. We all should.
0: Yeah. I love it. Sarah, you are so inspiring. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with me. I know I will be continuing to listen to the podcast and guys, you should definitely check it out too, but thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this latest episode of We Gotta Talk. If you don't mind, I would love if you could leave a rating and review. Those help this show to get out to people who might find it useful or entertaining. I'm so grateful for your support. Please follow on Instagram at Sunny or check out our latest blog post at wegotatalk.com slash blog. See you next time.